Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? back to btr boxing podcast big fight review and it is the biggest fight of the year probably the biggest fight of the last 20 25 years maybe it's certainly one that we've been waiting for for such a long time it's been on our boxing wish list episode every single year probably for about the last four years and it is finally upon us now i know johnston before you even say anything you just wait until they actually get in the ring before you completely believe that this fight's <laughs> finally finally happening but it's Errol Spence Jr. at Terence Crawford. It is to find out who is the best welterweight of this generation. Oh my God, we've been waiting for so long for this fight. I cannot wait for this weekend. I don't feel like there's been a lot of heavy promotion around this particular fight. I don't know if you agree on that, Johnston, but it feels a little bit it feels a bit tame for a for a, for a huge fight of this magnitude on on what is potentially going to be the Leonard Hearns of our generation. And that is precisely it, Sean. That's what it is. It is, uh, it is, it is precisely that. I mean, it's it's not just a fight. It's not just uh, two of the best guys coming against each other in the same way. Be like a new A Fulton. I mean, a terrific fight. I got excited about that. I enjoyed the fight. But this is one for the ages. This is this is like uh, when you look through the history of sport. This is going to be one that will always be there. And the fact they've got a two fight agreement is even better. Um, so the fact they 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 will share the ring for twenty four rounds. Presumably, that's if no one does get knocked out. But that is exciting. Um, and it does go up there alongside some of the greatest fights of all time. It's a special fight. It's a fight we've been waiting for forever. They marinated it to the point where did we even want it? We even suggested maybe we didn't. Bollocks, didn't we? We wanted this fight. Absolutely, we did. did would we want it a little bit earlier, Sean? Of course we would. We wanted this when they were at their absolute peaks. I don't believe either had the absolute, absolute peaks, but they are elite and they are 
way better than anyone else in the welterweight division. They are the guys in in the division at the minute. Um, yes, there's some hungry up and comers on their way that will test the water, but this is the big fight. This is the fight we've been waiting for. It's been on our wish list for the for God knows how many years. It's finally here. Uh, I've been watching all the All Access stuff. I'm feeling the buzz. Promotion over here, it's been shit. It's on TNT, obviously used to be BT. And no doubt if you are a subscriber to that channel, I'm sure there's plenty of adverts being dropped in while you watch your subscribed television stuff. But in terms of generally, no, it's not been good as it's shown. You have to go and find it. I mean, I had to find the All Access stuff on YouTube. It wasn't presented to me. I didn't have no one, no one put it on any of my emails and you know I wasn't presented it that way I had to fight it because I'm a boxing fan and I'm absolutely cannot wait for this fight yes it's been a bit shit over here over in America I'm sure it's been a lot more publicized look two of the best world weights two of the best potentially pound for pandas in fact they are I mean I knew a for me steals it for I just think a new is amazing but these two are two and to have two guys facing one another is so exciting Sean it is I ain't gonna lie I mean I'm rabbiting on because I'm just full of joy I, I, you mentioned it right from the off. I still won't believe it until the moment they step in the ring. You know, I could I could almost see Tommy Hearns that that Marvin Hagler moment. You know, you know, you know, many people would have cut off their mini their, their little finger for a million dollars. You know, I can uh, hopefully nothing stupid like happens and Errol Spence gets his uh, his mini finger broken at some point. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, mate. This is this is it. You know, we've been talking about this fight for some time. We've been saying it's the one we've wanted to watch for some time. It's finally upon us. I mean, we're recording this on a Wednesday. We've got a couple of days yet for potentially things to happen. Touch what it doesn't, and we get the fight on the early hours of Sunday morning. And also, it's a fight that even now, at this stage of of my life, and in terms of me watching fights, it's one that I'll stay up for, or necessarily it's one that I might get up for to watch early hours of the morning. This is a fight that I want to watch live. It's it's a fight that I'm not going to wait till early morning Sunday, get up and then watch it without you know seeing any results. I'm actually going to get and get up and watch it because I really want to watch it. It's the fight for me that is 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 what makes me a boxing fan. It's just two guys at their absolute best. Maybe they're not at their absolute peaks, but they're at the best. You know, in in yeah. terms of where they're at in their careers and their ages, they're at the best. They're the best two in the division. It's finally come upon us. We're finally going to get to see an undisputed welterweight champion. I mean, when was the last time we seen that? I can't even think off the top of my head. But, you know, this is what we want. This is what we crave for. Big fights like this in the sport. And like we've both agreed, the promotion here in the UK hasn't been fantastic. If you're a boxing fan, you do have to go out and find it. You have to go and find the promotion. And and that's disappointing for me as a fan as well, because with us doing what we do in the media and podcasting, you'd expect that this type of fight would be heavily promoted in the UK. It's one of the biggest fights of a generation happening. And yet... I don't really see too much going on with it at the moment. And I th- I feel like this, for me, is is what's letting it down here in the UK because when you get a big fight, you want to see the casual audience involved in it as well. You want you want it to reach out to that casual audience. You want people to be able to talk about it, you know, in the pub and, 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 and in the restaurants. Oh, look at that fight that's going on this weekend. That's the sort of appeal that, to me, this fight has in my mind, but it doesn't seem to be translating out to a bigger audience. It's, you know, like, for example, in the UK... Maybe an Anthony Joshua fight, for example. And when he fights at Wembley and everybody wants to see him, even if they're not a massive boxing fan, they'll pay to watch him or they'll pay to go and see him because it's a night out for them. You're not getting anything like they say in the UK with Spence and Crawford. This really is one 
for long-time boxing fans. I, I think that's that's kind of the audience, really, that's going to be tuning in mainly for this. It's, it's two, two guys going in the ring that have been waiting to, to go at it for some time. A bit like Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao in some, some respects. I mean, it was a huge, huge fight, and that was probably more well-publicised than this. But I think this is more of a... Uh, 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 an era-defining fight than what that was. That was way too late, way, way too late. I think this is just about, just about within the realms of happening at the right time. Any longer than this, and then you start talking about another Khan versus Brooks situation where you know they're both declining rapidly, uh, and that it's just going to be more of an exciting fight because of that. So I'm excited that it's kind of happening at the right time, not not too late on, but just about right in in some senses. So. I'm excited for it, but what's now going to happen for us is we get to talk about how this fight goes down, and it's so hard. It's it's an impossible task because no matter what we say in this episode, no matter which side we present on or how we present it, there's always going to be someone that challenges it and, and, and has a difference of opinion on this, and this is what's great about it. It's because it's so competitive. People think Spence might win this fight and that he's actually got the edge. Some people think Crawford's got the edge in this particular fight. But Johnson, I want to start with you then. I want to hand this over to you to start with. Talk about Spence first and foremost. Talk about his career. Let's talk about where he's at at this point, where his skills are at, and and what he could possibly do to beat Crawford at this stage of his career. Well, just before you, um, uh, we move on to that, um, just to answer your question, I just had to Google it, but uh, Zab Judah apparently was the last welterweight uh, undisputed champion, but that was in the free belt era, um, and that was t- uh, 2005 to 2006. So, just to answer your question, now, I didn't know the answer. I googled it, Sean, so I'm not just throwing this off the top of my head. So, yeah, apparently Zab, Zab Judah, and um, so nobody has ever been uh, an undisputed worldweight champion in the four belt era. So, this is the first. So, again, another historic landmark for these guys. But yeah, talking about Errol Spence, Errol Spence. Uh, I mean, look, we knew of Errol from uh, very early, uh, before he did come over and take on Kelbrook. I was aware of him, you know, the Chris Algieri fight as well. I think it was, might have been the one where I first see. He could even be the Van Hayden, even the Greco, actually. But he had some decent fights previous before that Kelbrook fight. But obviously, Kel was coming on the back end of that terrible Golovkin loss with the, the eye socket. And yes, it was a different eye socket against Errol Spence, but you know, they're connected in a way, and, and I know it ended up being the other eye, but you know, it, there there is there was obviously problems with Kel Brooks' eye. So he, he you know, in the sense, Spence Jr. did fracture Brooks eye socket, probably the back end of what Golovkin had done. Um and he was the first guy to beat Kelbrook as a welterweight. Well, he had never lost previously before that. So look, it was a tremendous performance. It was a good fight, it was a close fight for a long time. For me, I felt so. Anyway, I didn't think Spence come over and absolutely dominated him. He did in moments. He definitely looked like the more dominating fighter. And in the end, he come through with the stoppage, and and rightly so. And and from there, I was so excited. I was thinking this guy's picked up the IBF welterweight title. Come over here. I think uh, um, Tank Davis had done a similar thing against Welsh as well. Walsh in literally within a couple of weeks of each other. And I was so excited about the pair of these two, these youngsters. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, they've had their fair share of fights, but it was always, I was always looking at Crawford. I know Crawford, around this time, was, was the undisputed champion. He was about to move up, or he had just about, just moving up. But I just I just felt like, for me, Spence, he just, he had sort of started a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong, he, Mikey Garcia, uh, a lot smaller than he was, but outclassed him. Um, Porter, 
uh, Danny Garcia, you gas. But to think that he's only fought, you know, so you think, Sean, Kelbrook in 2017, he's fought Lamont Peterson, Ocampo, Mikey Garcia, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, and you gas. He's fought those. In, it, it feels like he should have had more fights. And I know he had the car accident. I know COVID hit. And um, and I know he had a, he had the problem with his eye as well. But I just, it, it just seems so inactive. I was, it's just, that's what frustrated me. I'm going to talk about, firstly, about the frustration with me, with Errol Spence, through his career, is I feel that he's, there's always been a delay. And I know there are times where it's been against him and he has been unable to do certain things because obviously the car accident was a huge one. But it, that's what's let me down with him. Um, but other than that, when I've watched him fight, I love the way he goes through the gears. And I feel any other, any of the world weights he fought, Sean Porter, Give him problems. He took him the distance, took a split decision, didn't finish him. But he can go through the gear, Sean. He can go to the body and go to the head. And I still feel like we haven't seen the best of Errol Spence. It's crazy to say. And that's what makes him such a great fighter and one of the best pound for pounders around at the time. I mean, I, the, the standout performance for me was the Kell Brook performance. That was my standout performance. And and since then, I think he's managed to defeat guys that are decent. You know, Sean Porter, very decent. Daddy Garcia, decent. Mike Garcia, at their respective weights, I think, well, well, it was a bit too big of a step for them. But Sean, look, I mean, we ain't going to knock it. You know, he, he's picked up three belts, WBC from Paul, and then obviously the WBA from UGAS to to be a free world, world champion. But um, yeah, and a tremendous fire. Um, I just feel like, again, the CV for the, I, I feel like it could be better. I, I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's because of the, the lack of fights, I think, and you're making sort of the comparisons to sort of where Crawford's at in his career. And I, I know you've mentioned the fights that obviously Spencer's had, and, and, I'll, and I'll flip it over and, you know, I'll look at sort of Crawford's resume as we're yeah. talking through this fight. And then you think about, you know, around the same time that the fights were happening for Errol Spence, you think about sort of 2017 onwards, you know, he moved up from the super lightweight division to the welterweight division and his first fight was in in june of 2018 so he's been up at the welterweight division for coming what, five years now five years going into this fight now so you know in his first fight up at welterweight he wins the title he wins the wbo title and then from there that was against jeff Hall. then he fights jose benavides jr amir khan kavalovskis kelbrook sean porter and then david avenincian in his last fight so you may you could make some arguments against sort of what what crawford's also fought as well and and the level of it you could say well Amir Khan was a bit washed up Cal Brook was a bit washed up at this point so do you take them out of the equation and then and realistically you know you could even argue Porter as well I mean that's that's obviously a mutual opponent of theirs as well which I thought was was interesting in this division how Errol Spence then goes 12 rounds and it's a split decision in favor of Spence whereas Terence Crawford stopped him in 10 rounds so there there's your sort of major fighter that they've both fought who given both problems throughout the course of the fight but Crawford was able to to knock him out and Spence he had times labored to a split decision so but you can't go off that one fight alone you've got to think about the the difference in height the difference in 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 the weight is it, it going to be a problem Spence is probably more of a natural 154 guy maybe even going up to middleweight I think there's, there's always been talk of Spence going up to middleweight at some point in his career he probably comes into the ring as a middleweight on the night after the weigh-in whereas Crawford probably comes in more like a super welterweight when he comes into the ring so you know are any of these factors going to be a difference on the night or is it just that they're both so good 
skillfully in the ring and so good as boxers of what they do that it that that shouldn't really matter on the night. What what do you think about that with Spence being physically more the the bigger man? Do you think it's going to make any difference to what Crawford can do, or is Crawford just that good that he can systematically break down fighters and and if he's able to take centre ring and and take the lead in this fight? Now maybe he could make this fight easy for himself. What what do you think about the differences physically with these two? I think there will be um, there will be a difference with I think Errol will be the bigger guy. He he just generally is, and as you say, I'm surprised he stuck around in the world weight division and managed to do so for so long. I mean, looking at the all access stuff, he's got a dietitian who's obviously doing wonders, and and he's obviously got Derek James and uh, the Texas Heat out there is obviously. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Working to his benefit because he's sweating a lot of that down naturally. So um, he's not going to look so gaunt. I'm guessing he's going to hit that 147 target quite easily and I think after these two fights, I do think there will be a second. Honestly, I think there will be a two-fighter deal here. And it is already there. There's a rematch in place for the loser. I think they will definitely activate it. Um, but yeah, just I think the size may be... It may be a telling factor in the fight. Um, I don't think so, though. I just think Crawford is... I mean, they're both elite fighters. Um, Crawford is special to watch. He is. I mean, from the moment he, he defeated Ricky Burns in 2014 to win his first world title at lightweight and then goes on in a division above to become undisputed. I mean, he, he shot on the scene after the, the Burns fight. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about Crawford in 2014 and he just showed up in Glasgow and absolutely destroyed Burns in 2014. I mean, it was like, wow, who is this guy? And from that moment, you couldn't stop watching him. And and I suppose that's the reason it was in the light division and, and there were certain other guys. You know, you got Postal, you got Ndongo, people look at those and sort of say that, you know, yeah, they were good fighters, but he's never fought anyone elite. You know, the, the argument's there for Errol, but anyone they've ever fought, Sean, they've, they've dealt with systematically baiting them down. I mean, let's be honest. I think, I think Kel Brook was spent. I think Kel pushed him and Kel was at a decent level. He was pretty much at his peak. He just was a wounded animal after the Golovkin fight. Um, but yeah, Crawford is, up, he was undisputed. 
already in a, in a weight below. Uh, you can knock Indongo as much as you want, but he was a decent fighter. I mean, it does has an age well that win now, has it? He has an age well at all. Uh, but there is no doubt that these two, I think, you look at the resumes. Like, there's no one there, is there, Sean? That really stands out. I mean, as you say, with with Crawford, the Khan and the the Brook fights, he's beaten them when they were well past their best. And then you you see Khan and Brook fight each other well past their best. Thankfully, this hasn't got to this situation where we've got to at least we've got them at their reasonable peaks. Um, they're both top of the game. Um, and I, I, you know what? It's just, it's, it's just beautiful. I love it. I mean, uh, yes, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I would have loved this a little bit earlier, but I keep, I keep saying that, and I shouldn't really because I'm excited about it. I, I suppose. I mean, we can move on, Sean. I mean, we're going through their careers. I just do feel that are they too good? That the reason why the, the negotiator failed negotiations between the pair over the last couple of years has affected their, their resumes, maybe. Um, but you know. Anyone that's ever troubled. I mean, David Avienzian, for instance, was on a great run. And he's a tr- he is a good fighter. He really is one of the best fighters around in this division. It's just Crawford was just too good. And I just think they're both elite, Sean. I love the way Spence is able to just up the gears. He's got a lot. He can throw shots. And he's, his upper body work is brilliant. He's got good footwork. Uh, he can take a punch. They both could take a punch. Um, I think the one thing with Crawford, I just think Crawford just has that little bit more. I do. I just feel like he's just... The way he can switch his stance, I think he's a big thing. And I think the one thing I looked at after watching All Access is that Errol's never fought a southpaw, Sean. And I suppose you you mentioned the size to me. I don't think he will be that much of a factor, the size, because I do think Crawford's got the power and the technique to deal with anything like that. I don't think it's going to be a huge difference because Crawford will go in quite big as well. But my question to you is, Spencer's never fought a southpaw. Would that be a problem for him? I think it could be. But it's going to be about how he adapts to that. So is he going to be able to adapt to that? And you'd think with him being such an elite fighter that he will. And he won't, I mean, he's, he's not fought a southpaw professionally, but he will have fought a southpaw at some point. I'd be very, very surprised if he has never, ever, in all of his amateur yeah. and professional career, fought a southpaw. He's got to have fought a southpaw before. But as a professional, what the, what the argument is, is that he's never really fought a southpaw. And... Is it going to be a problem when you're fighting essentially the best self, one of the best southpaws in the world at the moment? Yes, it is. It is going to be a problem for him. And it's going to be about how he adapts to that and how his team, Derek James, is going to be able to implement a game plan that's going to negate those issues in the fight. And this is what's exciting about it because you've got two guys, two master tacticians going in against each other. And if you're expecting some sort of slugfest, you ain't going to get that. You're going to get a chess match with these two guys. You're going to get a strategic fight with these two guys. Two guys that are going to be fainting, they're going to be moving, they're going to be using lateral movement, they're going to be looking for the opportunities, and there's probably going to be points of the fight where, you know, as a, as a, as a normal fan, as a casual fan, maybe you'll be screaming at the telly, just do something, just do something. But actually, what they're doing is they're trying to set up three or four moves ahead of where they're at, and that's like playing chess. They're trying to set, think about the next three or four moves that they're going to make in the ring, because if they don't make them right and it leads to a mistake, that could lead to the fight changing in, in the other fight fighters' favour. And this is what's so interesting about the fight is because of how much of, of skills they have, how much skills they have and how technically proficient they both are as fighters, that it's going to make it really an intriguing fight because one wrong move from one of these fighters and someone gets the upper hand and that's, that's maybe where the fight then starts to change. And this is why it's another incredibly hard fight to predict because you honestly can't sit there and say... 
you can write either one of these fighters off. And I know there'll be a lot of people out there that do the podcast like us and they'll be definitive about who they pick in this fight and they'll have the reasons for it. And I, I totally, I totally get it. But it's, it's a really difficult one because they've both got different abilities. They've both got different skills. Do I see him being a problem as a southpaw? Yes, I do. I do see it being a problem. But I also know what Spence is capable of and know that he's got the ability to adapt. If he can adapt, then it makes it an even more interesting fight because then what does Crawford have to do to overcome Spence in this fight? What does he do to have to get the, the point scoring shots off? Will there be a stoppage in this fight? I don't think so. I think this is going to go the distance and I think it's going to be competitive. I can't honestly see it being a one-sided fight for one man. I'd be very surprised if it was, but you just never know with these fights. You know, you could go in there and Spence could dominate Crawford or Crawford could dominate Spence and we'll be sat here next week talking about it thinking, oh my God, I didn't expect it to play out like that. But I'm saying it here now because in my, in my, my gut instinct is it goes 12 rounds and my gut instinct is is that it becomes a very technical fight and it really is going to be about who who gets the upper hand early on in the fight and who gets the centre of the ring and who takes the confidence early on in the fight as to how that fight then dictates. I hope we do get to see the best of them in there. I hope it isn't one of them fights where we, we are talking about it next week and we're like, yeah, but Crawford didn't do enough or Spence just didn't put his foot on the gas too much. You know, I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be where both of them, they go in there and they do their absolute best which I'm sure they both will, and we, we see a really technical fight and a really interesting fight, and we don't get one of those fights. Very much like, again, I'm making the same comparison, Mayweather and Pacquiao, where you had one guy who was basically on the back foot for the majority of the fight and, and throwing them shots off where he could, and the other guy just chasing him around the ring trying to get to him. I, I just I would hate it if it was that. I really would. <laughs> but I don't think it will be. I think it'll be a bit more technically proficient, I think you will see some shots landing. I think you'll see mistakes being made. You'll see some adaptions throughout the course of the fight. And I've got high expectations for it, Johnston. I just hope the expectations are not completely dashed by Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and I hope there's no controversy either. You do find with these big super fights that some of the judging can be a bit wayward. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say is in Vegas, they love aggressive fighters. So in a way... I suppose Errol Spence is the guy that he, his style favours because he comes forward a lot more. He throws punches while he's coming forward. Not as good as Anoue, mind you. Anoue, Anoue can throw four or five punches as he's walking towards an opponent. It's just impressive to see. But Errol can do it. He likes to come forward. They say he likes so He's got a terrific jab, Errol. You know, we've mentioned that before, how effective his jab can be and how strong it is. You see it against Ugas. But Crawford... Um, it just poses so many different threats. The way he can switch the stance and still be terrific in either one. I do feel that, the, he, he obviously, I, I, he's a natural southpaw to me. When I think of him, I always think of him as a southpaw all the time, but he can switch it up. So if you are seeing Errol Spence where he's putting the pressure on and he's winning with the jab and Crawford's finding, trying to find them angles, you know, being, you know, how clever he is. You can always see him, like you say, Sean, like thinking three or four punches ahead and, thinking how what the next one's going to be, looking for those moments when Errol Spence just tenses his muzzles because he's that type of guy. He's like the Benitez's of this world where, and even Floyd Patterson back in the day, what old Custy Amaro said, where they would wait for the flex of the muscle to make the move. And and I feel that Crawford's that guy. He can do that. And then once he's in a certain situation, those combinations flow effortlessly because he just has that knack about him. And I know neither fighter is 
necessarily huge punches. You know, they can't knock you out necessarily with one punch. They have done with other guys. Don't get me wrong. But against each other, I don't think they will. I think they've got good enough chins. I think the body work could be a... a you know, we talk about size of Errol Spence. Use the body. And Crawford can use the body. He can whip them shots in quite easily. I just feel that the, the, the stances, the way he can switch it and the way he can adapt better, I feel, Crawford has, has the edge. But will the judges see that, uh, mate? Look, I'm not going to go into that side of it, Sean. I'm going to go with who I've always thought is going to win this fight. I'm going to make a prediction as well. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say Crawford wins this fight. If he loses it, he could, it will be controversial. I just feel, don't get me wrong, they're both elite, but he is just that little bit better. Uh, and I feel that with the fights he's had and the undisputed, he's been in this position before up for undisputed. He's just got this aura about him where he's just, he's a bit like a, at Usyk, and when you've seen him training with the tennis balls and the different type of things he does, the juggling and hand-eye coordination, I just feel those sort of things just gives these guys the element, like your Lomachenko's and your Usyk's. Whereas Spence is a great fighter, but I just think he comes up short. I do. I think Crawford wins this on points. Well, there you go. Johnson's prediction is right there for everybody to hear. I suppose it's my time. I better get off the fence now, aren't I? And give a prediction for this particular got to. fight. Yeah, I'm not having you sitting on the fence like I know. I I've got to give. I've got to give the prediction for the fight. Um, I'm actually uh, going to go against you with this one, and I do. I do think Crawford uh, will lose. I think Spencer will win this fight, and I'm not going to give a complete technical breakdown of how I think exactly how he's going to win it because I think you've done a really good job of talking about it in in the sense of how Crawford could win this fight. And, and what Spence can do and what he can't do. And I just think this fight is a fight where I think we get to see the best, the very best of Errol Spence. And I think we have seen glimpses of it throughout the past couple of years. But he has got the... I feel like he's, he's he might be being written off a little bit in this fight by some people in it. But then I think he's got the ability, he's got the size, he's got the reach advantage. He's got the ability to make this fight quite... Less, less of a chess match and more of a and more of a ta tactical fight that he is in control of rather than them both having to wait to make moves. I think Spence can make this fight where he can he can dominate, he can take the centre ring, he can keep Terence Crawford from, from getting on the inside and doing any work and he can keep him at bay. I think Spence can do that and I think Derek James is one of the best trainers in the game at the moment and I think Derek James will have a very, very, very comprehensive plan for this fight and I think he'll have watched a massive amounts of what Terence Crawford does in the ring and what he cannot do or maybe what he sees as flaws. And I think he's going to exploit them. And I think we're going to get to see a very close fight and we're going to get to see a victory for Errol Spence. And ultimately, we'll get to see one guy finally fulfilling his prophecy of being the best welterweight around whilst the other guy has come up through the weights and got to that level and comes up slight, slightly short. And like you said earlier as well, I do think there could be a second match in the pipeline for this as well. So if it is quite close and competitive on the cards, I think there's a rematch clause in there. And I think it would be very interesting to see a second fight between those two. And I'd want to see it immediately. Unless, and the only reason I wouldn't want to see it was if it was so comprehensive to one fighter that it wasn't worth watching again. If Spence absolutely dominates him and it's, you know, like... Uh, uh, a 118, 110, uh, 117, 111 is quite dominating on all three judges' scorecards, and I don't know if I'd want to see the value in that again. But then again, I don't know if it was if it was really good to watch. Then I wouldn't, I suppose, dismiss not seeing it or seeing it again. So I'm I'm kind of thinking Spence wins this fight. I think it'll be a really interesting one. 
while it lasts. And I'm just genuinely, genuinely excited to see it happen. I just want them to get in the ring now. I mean, we've got a few days left before the fight happens. We've got some nice episodes to watch of All Access. We've got some good hype stuff to watch ahead of the fight. And, and genuinely, it, it, this is the type of fight that intrigues me to want to tune in to this type of stuff. I genuinely tune out of a lot of that sort of stuff because it, it can be so oversaturating uh, within boxing media that I don't really want to see that. But this is one of those things. that It reminds me of the old 24-7 from HBO. And I'm like, yeah. This, this is what gets you ready for it. This is what prepares you for it. And this is what gets you excited for it. And I, I can just never forget Manuel Marquez drinking his own piss. And the the the, the, the shot from HBO of, of showing it on the side. Um, Brilliant. It, it, this is the type of stuff that gets me gets me really riled up to watch the fight. <laughs> um, so I'm excited, to, I'm excited to see what happens. But I'm going Spence Johnson. I'm going Spence. Oh, mate, do you know what? There is... There's no wrong answer to this, is there? It's just what you like. I've always been a fan of both fighters. I've always had my little niggles at, at Spence, but when he's when he's coming to the ring, you know, when he's he's produced the goods, it's just just what he's done. Um, you can't knock him for it, and he's come through a lot of troubling stuff. You know, the car accident. How the hell he ever survived that is is incredible. It looked absolutely horrific when you see him. We thought whether we'd ever see him in the ring again. So um, to finally have this fight is is is, is brilliant. It really is, and. You know, talking about all access, we're going to plug it because, you know, we want you guys to go and watch it. If you haven't seen them already, go and have a look. You know, narrating's fantastic. You know, the footage is brilliant. Anthony Joshua sounds like a right bellend, in it? <laughs> oh, dear. Joshua, I was just shaking your hands like, please take him off the camera. But either way, um, the one with no, no piss drinking. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, one thing I did like, you know, out of all the quotes, you know, Errol Spence was all. One thing he said, which I liked, was that he said he's going to take Crawford's soul. I quite like that. Very, very composed and calm in the way he said it as well. Uh, but I loved Crawford. He's got a bit of Hagler in him. Yeah, I think he has for me. And his, his quote was, we're going to fight the shit out of each other. And that I love. I love that. And that's probably why I sided it, because <laughs> I loved Hagler. I love that show. And that's what we want. And, and I feel that he's been the guy that's chased it. You know, even... The question that Spence was asked about who's the A or the B side and Spence's like, I'm the A side. and Ask Crawford that. I don't know if he gives a shit. He just wants to fight the best and he wants to beat him. And um, that's why I just edged towards him. I just feel that I leaned, I warmed towards him a little bit more. Um, I don't think the age is going to be a factor. And I think, you know, you talk about weight as well. There were times when you guys hit Spence to the body and and, and that sort of, that's was the niggling thing where I sort of thought, oh, that was Crawford in there. He could finish him. And they're both deadly finishers, in they, Sean? We say there probably won't be a knockout, but if one of them's hurt, it's a finish on the cards. If someone gets hurt in that fight, the other guy's getting finished. He's getting ducked because they're deadly once they've got their men hurt. So I, I love it when you go the other way because uh, it just adds a little bit of excitement to the fight when we come come fight night. And hopefully, mate, the moment that bell rings will be the moment I believe this fight's happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be, uh, I'll be up watching it and we'll be texting each other, no doubt, during the course of the fight just to sort of see how things are playing out. Uh, but it's very exciting. And uh, there are other fights on this weekend. I'm not going to not mention any particular fights to watch this weekend. I mean, Isaac Cruz against Giovanni Cabrera on the undercard is definitely one to watch. Onito Donaire fighting Alexandro Santiago. Now, he was supposed to be fighting him a couple of weeks ago. We recorded the episode, put it out there, and then I think it was 24 hours later, I checked, and he wasn't even on the card. And I was like, oh, my God, we've told everybody he's on the card. And it turns out he's not. He is actually on this particular card as well. So please do make sure you uh, tune into those fights. And in the UK earlier on to get your 
ready for the big fight. You've got Liam Davies versus Jason Cunningham for the British, the European and WBC, WBO International Super Bantamweight titles. We've got a good fight on that on the card. Ethan James against James Moorcroft also happening. So there are a couple of fights to get you warmed up for this. Then tune into the All Access stuff if you haven't and get ready for the big fight of the weekend. Biggest fight of the year. Very, very excited. This is the one that we have been waiting for for a long, long time. And I'm sure you guys listening to us for a long time have been waiting for it too. So please let us know your predictions for the fight. And you can do that at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and on the Facebook pages and Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. And we will be posting out some little audio segments of this particular show to you guys. So make sure you share them across social media. And there will also be a little special episode coming your way as well at the end of the week. So please tune in to the feed for our special little episode on the welterweight division another little segment to add to this big big fight week but that is it for this episode we really really hope you enjoy this particular fight errol spence jr terence crawford it's finally happening tune into it and we'll be back next week with our reaction show Podcast Network.